Hi everyone, welcome to Training with Casey, where we explore animal training and living our best lives with animals. I'm Joseph Laughlin, producer of this podcast, and now here's your host, Casey Covert. Let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome to Training with Casey. I'm your host, Casey Cover. Joseph, thank you for the introduction and for all you do for this podcast. Tonight, the uh, title is Snakes Are People Too. So I live out in the country and periodically somebody will post a snake picture on the next door neighborhood list. And about, I don't know, at least a quarter of the people will say, ooh, that's disgusting, or kill it, or I'd leave. I'd never go in that room again. And I think, wow, that's so unjust. Because out here in the country, not only do these snakes eat mice and rats and bugs, but they also often eat venomous snakes. So if you don't like snakes, wouldn't you like Wouldn't you at least like a non-venomous snake to be on your property and watching out for things? Well, we would. We really like our snakes. And I don't know if we can say that we know them personally, but it seems like they know us. How could that be? Because... I've only had direct interaction with one or two snakes on our property. So let me tell you what it was. Once there was a an eastern red-bellied mud snake that came into my garden and I went out, a lovely, lovely animal, chocolate brown on top and vermilion on the stomach, just really bright and beautiful. And I took some pictures. It was an amazing animal. Sometime later, my errant dog bit a snake like that. And Dave called me and I came running out with a first aid kit. So what was that? It was a spray bottle of betadine and a spray bottle of hydrogen peroxide. Hydrogen peroxide first to clean things, then a little bit of betadine. And then I put a Band-Aid on it to just uh, protect the injury. So it wasn't severe. It was just little holes. And they didn't seem to go into the gut, thank God. But it was enough that it made a flesh wound that was significant. So I did all this. And I put the Band-Aid on and then we step back and let this snake go. And she, she waited for just a minute and then she took off. Well, she's, she's not the only snake we've seen. We've seen quite a number of rat snakes. And these guys are dynamos. They go up into the... Uh, spun fiberglass insulation into the garage workshop building. And 
the snakes will chase the mice through the insulation. How do we know? We see the insulation coming out. They, they make little tunnels through it. So we are working on replacing the insulation with something flat that doesn't make a place for mice to nest. So we're thinking foam board or something. But uh, we also don't want it, you know, causing irritation, everything for the mice and the snakes. These snakes are out there and we're constantly finding shed skins. So on uh, YouTube one time, I ran into a video of a person that waters their snakes. They literally go out into their workshop and offer the snake a bowl with water in it. And the snakes just come forward and drink. So Dave and I discussed that and I said, you know, they're probably all set, but it wouldn't hurt to offer them water because sometimes it doesn't seem like there's any water conveniently available. So Dave did that and son of a gun, the snakes come out and drink water. Cool, right? So I said, it seems like the snakes know us. Months, years later, after I had made a Band-Aid for the uh, Eastern red belly mud snake, a woman who was assisting me, fantastic assistant, and she just happened to startle a snake in the garden. And it was... I believe it was a, a red-bellied mud snake. And I said, whoa, let me get my camera. So the snake ran off when she got startled. But she came out on the other side of a planting bed. And I just said to her in, in my typical way, right? I'm always name explain, giving a narration to whatever animal, whatever people, what's happening and what we're going to do. And I said, I just want to take your picture. How are you? You are lovely. Thank you for stopping for a minute. I kid you not, as I'm taking this snake's picture, her head is up in the air. She looks a little to the left. She looks a little to the right. And I'm taking all these pictures. And then a, a few minutes in, maybe five or even 10 minutes in, I have to go check on something and I left. And when I came back, she was gone, but she stayed all that time. She wasn't frightened of me. Now it's not just the snakes either. The frogs here will sit on the edge of the pond that we have for them. And if I have to reach over them to turn on the hose or to do something to, I call it a pond, but it's actually a tub that we keep filled so the frogs can lay their eggs and have tadpoles and all that. And uh, the frogs will just sit there. I can be within an inch of them and they will not move. In fact, they land on my front door to eat. I always try to leave the lights on for them. And if I come home and need to go in the door, I may have to actually just gently move a frog over a little bit because it doesn't leave. It doesn't move 
just because I get there. In other words, they're not frightened, which is exactly what I'd like it to be. Now, the other animals are this way as well. We have lots and lots of birds in our yard. Not only are they not very worried about us, but yeah, the wrens come into the laundry room and make a nest. They even consider the back porch. Uh, we've got birds in lots of different boxes, but they're cheeky birds. I say they're cheeky because if we don't have the food and the water out for them, they come and yell at us, especially Dave. They know Dave by sight. And there's been more than once that I've had to say to him, your birds are calling you. You need to go out and feed them, which he does. All right. So somehow the snakes that live on our home property are different than the snakes in generally general that I've encountered in the wild. And most of the snakes that I just happen into will run away. They will be apparently worried about things. So um, I haven't done any direct training of snakes except to use snakes to teach other animals to avoid snakes. And one time doing this in the state of Florida, we were working to teach a dog to do search and recovery. And this dog was expected to be working in the swamps and palmetto areas of Florida. So go figure, I, I think that the animal's education should definitely include how to recognize, detect, and respond appropriately to dangerous animals. So in Florida, that could definitely include bears and panthers, but it could also include cane toads, alligators, and snakes. So we systematically worked to prepare this dog for all of these different animals. It was really a very interesting process. And I hope to do a podcast about it in a future date because it's a long and interesting experience. But suffice it to say that we were working with a reptile wholesaler to teach the dog to recognize and respond to alligators and snakes. And first we took her inside where she got to meet a bunch of baby alligators. They're so pretty. They're bright yellow spots and uh, dark skin and bright eyes. And they're little tiny and so slender and delicate looking. And they had this little ping, ping, ping. I'm not thinking I'm mimicking them very well, but you get the drift. So the dog was really excited about these baby alligators. And we had to find a word dangerous to put her on alert when she was running into something that could be dangerous. And so I told her, these are dangerous. I know they don't look dangerous, but these are dangerous because where you find these, you're going to find mama. And you don't want to be messing with the babies when mama comes around. 
And the dog was like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, talk to the hand, right? <laughs> she wasn't interested in that. And so the wholesaler said, well, let's take her out back because I have a bigger alligator out there. So this alligator was out in a little like a dog kennel. And it was in a little tub. And the tub was about four feet long. And all you could see of the alligator was the nostrils and the eyes just skimming the surface of the water. And the snake was interest. I mean, the dog was interested in going up to the alligator. So she did. And she's kind of pulling on the lead and trying to go forward. And I said, that's dangerous. That's an alligator. And she didn't even look. She was kind of disrespectful and cheeky. And the wholesaler said, watch this. And he had a bamboo pole. And he just gently twiggled it right on the tail of this alligator. And it erupted out of the water with a big splash and a big hiss and a kind of like a growl or something. Scared us to death. I say us, it scared me to death, but the dog just about broke my knees trying to back out of the situation. All of a sudden, all of a sudden she went from, uh-huh, uh-huh, it doesn't look dangerous to me to wanting to get out of there as soon as possible. This is why I always try to arrange for the animal to see why we're teaching them to do the things that we're teaching them to do. Anyway, here's the proof on the pudding. We got out of there. I tried to take the dog back in to do another session. She was not having it. She was not going to go back in that area again. So I said, well, do you want to go see the baby alligators inside? Now, this is something she had been very eager to do. She looks at me like, are you kidding? Are you nuts? And I thought, good. So we also had to teach her about snakes, which are our special guest subject today. And we introduced her to snakes at the wholesaler's premises. And we put them in various places so that we could approach the snakes and then go away and do cycles where the dog had to recognize the snake and respond appropriately to it. So you might wonder, what would that be? For alligators, we want the dog to get the heck out of Dodge and take us with them. But for snakes, we want the dog to freeze and then slowly fade backwards and let us know. And we want to give the snake a safe birth. So we'll probably continue on our way, but walking around the snake, if possible, at a safe distance. So two different strategies for each animal. So we worked on that and this, the dog did it, but you could tell that she just kind of treated it like it was just boring. Like this is a dumb idea. So we took a couple of snakes home and put them on the veranda out back. So it's a screened in area where the snakes were safe. And I'd go out periodically with the dog and I'd say, well, let's find the snakes. 
And if you find a snake, you need to freeze and fade backwards and, and we'll go around it. So we go out and she sees a snake. It's in plain sight. It's on the ground. And it's the same old, same old. She looks at me like, oh, you know, like that's just a snake on the ground. So we go back in and we come out. and That's just a snake on the ground, Casey. Why are you even taking my time to go on and on about snakes? Then we come out again and we can't find the snake. We've probably been out five to 10 times before this, and we could always find the snake right away. And we can't find the snake. And I'm starting to get worried because I don't want to lose the snake. We turn around to go back in, and all of a sudden, I see the snake. It's on the little tiny edge of trim above the door to go in. And just as we're, we're very close to it, and we're about to go in, and I start to point the dog's attention to the snake, but I didn't need to because the snake fell down in a lump and draped over the dog's nose, and the dog about went nuts to get away from that snake. So, of course, I'm, you know, same old, same old. It's like, I told you they were dangerous. I tried to tell you there was a snake out here, and you need to know where the snakes are. Well, now she did know about the snakes and she had changed her opinion. And she um, was wanting to get out of there. So from that moment on, she was very different about snakes. If we went outside and she saw a ribbon of water on the pavement, she was very suspicious and very careful to check for the snakes. If she saw a ribbon of, you know, just fabric or uh, anything like that hanging in the trees or on a fence, she would stalk up to it and carefully inspect to see if it was a snake. So mission accomplished. We did all the training. We taught her all the concepts. But it took an actual experience with a snake and an alligator to motivate her to take this stuff seriously. Now, what about the snakes? What did they learn to do? Well, the snakes seem to realize, I, I don't know what they realize because um they would coil up and just sit there. So they weren't really actively frightened. They weren't generally trying to get away from anything we were doing, but they did often rattle their tail. So rat snakes will rattle their tail against leaves or paper. It's as if they're mimicking the sound of an actual rattlesnake. And they'll also lunge from time to time and act rather aggressive. So they were great snakes to, to train with, to train the dogs with, because without being venomous, they acted in a way that was alarming to the dogs, that was convincing to the dogs that they didn't want to 
uh, encounter the snake. Now, what did we use to teach the dogs to identify snakes? We mostly used snake musk, which we got from snake owners. So um, a pet store helped us out if you're doing this kind of training. Uh, also, the wholesaler helped us out. And we used it so that the dog could detect the scent of the snake and respond appropriately. However, I learned something when we did a session at the wholesaler's house and he was so great. He put snakes of various kinds in his backyards, all non-venomous, but various snakes to give the dog a chance to really generalize and see there's not just one kind of snake. There's lots of kinds of snakes and you have to look every place. And our dog found many of the snakes, but she also was sniffing around the ground an inch from a brightly patterned snake that was so obvious to us, it was hard to believe that she didn't see the snake. However, she didn't. She was upwind of the snake and was not aware that it was there. So if you're working with dogs with snakes, keep that in mind. From that moment forward, I tried to always be very vigilant of the upwind side of the dog um, and make sure that they were not going in that direction if I could manage it. Okay, so that's training with snakes. And like I said, the snakes were not worried about me. I could pick the snakes up and, you know, um, place some other places. They didn't try to bite me or anything, but they coil up. And when the dog came, the dogs came, they would rattle their tails and kind of, I don't know if they actually hissed, but they'd open their mouth and dart and lunge. And then we'd back off and the dog would get a chance to rehearse what they were doing. Now, this happened with the horses too. We taught the horses about snakes as well. And I'm so glad we did because horses are known to sometimes kill snakes by stomping on them. And of course, we don't want the horses injured either. But we certainly don't want them killing snakes of any kind at all. So this is one of the ways that we try to make sure that they could live together peaceably. So those were the snakes that I worked with at the wholesalers. Now I've trained a number of other kinds of reptiles, mostly lizards and tortoises. Um, but that's the limit of my training with snakes. But I recently had a surprising experience with a wild snake. And I'm going to let us watch the video together. And this is a snake that may have seen me before, but I don't know this snake. Like I haven't ever talked to the snake myself. So here we go. Here's the backstory. 
we were making food bags for the horses and Dave was moving a chair so that we could use it. And all of a sudden we heard a snap and Dave was closer to the action and he saw a snake coiled up on the floor and he went to get the camera and I got ready to pick the snake up. I got a bucket so that I could put the snake in the bucket. It was a rat snake. So there was no problem with venom or anything like that. But what would you expect a snake to do? A wild snake with a mouse trap on its neck. And what would you expect me to do? So I think I did the unexpected here, but it's actually what I do with every animal. So let's take a look. This is a minute and 18 seconds. Okay, see here, buddy? I'm just gonna put you right in there. That way it'll support him. It's okay. It's okay. So you can't get away. You don't have to worry. He's uncomfortable. Okay. Oh, maybe it's not a rat snake. It is a rat snake. A rat snake. I am so glad your neck seems to be okay. So look at what that is. Don't go near those again. When I looked at this afterwards, I was really surprised that the okay. snake just the sat there and watched and watched it go away. Here, so I wouldn't be stressing. And then all of a sudden, kind of like, gee, I think I should leave now. You want to see it again? Ready. See here, buddy? I'm just going to put you right in there. That way it'll support him. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. Shit. I was worried about him. I was worried about his neck being broken. Oh, maybe it's not a rat snake. It is a rat snake. A rat snake. I am so glad your neck seems to be okay. So look at what that is. Don't go near those again. Okay? I pulled the chair. I was going to put it in here so I wouldn't be stressing his neck. Wow. So when I watched that later, I was so surprised that that snake didn't just dart off. That the snake appeared to be really assessing what was going on. And that brings me to my final story, which is for some reason, 
I have been asked multiple times what to do if a you know you're camping out and a snake crawls into your sleeping bag with you. And apparently this happens every once in a while. It happened to a guy in Australia right around the time I was visiting over there. And it was a dangerous snake, but he came out okay. But he didn't move. He just waited for the snake to leave. So what's the right answer? And I think I have it for you. And here's why I think I have it. Remember the good wholesaler? Well, we took the dog and he had a room full of rattlesnakes. And whenever you would go into that room, they would start to rattle. So I wanted to teach the dog to recognize that sound. And so we arranged for him or the wholesaler to let me go into the room, set up the camera and wait till they, the snakes stop rattling because when you disturb them, they would start rattling automatically. And then when they stopped rattling, he would bring the dog in so that I could then name the instant the rattling started. And, you know, the dog could learn that specifically that that was the sound of a rattlesnake rather than just some kind of background noise. So I go into the room with a camera and I'm used to using cameras around wildlife. And I got as quiet as I could figure out how to get. And my hands were right next to my face. And all I had to do to start the video was press with one thumb. And the snakes were rattling and they rattled and they rattled and they rattled. After several minutes, I thought, I'm never going to get this done. So I thought, let me just meditate and we'll see if the snakes will stop rattling. So I meditated for just a couple of minutes, silence. And I thought, wow, I can rattle, 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 rattle. I didn't even do anything. I didn't even press the button on the camera. So I had a talk with myself and I thought, all right, don't think, oh, I can turn the camera on. Just think silence, press and have my finger in place. So I meditated again. The snakes went dead quiet. I thought press when I heard the silence, rattle, 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 rattle. I meditated again. I just start to come out of the meditation. Rattle, 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 rattle. Please bring the dog in. We're never going to get past these snakes. We weren't moving. We weren't threatening. We weren't bringing the dog in yet. I was simply changing my state from meditative to more active. And these snakes were on it like white on rice. So I believe the answer if you awaken to the realization that there's a snake in your sleeping bag with you, go back to sleep, meditate, get as quiet as you can, sleep in. The next day, the snake will leave. <laughs> then you can get out of your sleeping bag. I would not try. There's no way 
that I believe that we can get out of the sleeping bag without the snake knowing and possibly being upset. Okay, folks, thank you so much for joining me tonight. It just means the world to me. And please tell your friends, follow us, subscribe if you enjoy this, and uh, leave comments. I, I'm just learning how to answer the comments. I'm kind of slow learner with technology. But leave comments, including if I misidentified the snake in the barn as a rat snake. I know some of you guys know a lot about snakes. You might even know what kind of rat snake it is, if they've got subspecies or something. Anyway, share your knowledge and share your experiences. I'd love to hear them. If you have any ideas for podcasts, please share those. I'd love to do more podcasts on more subjects. All right, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Joseph. Everybody take care. See you next time. Good night. Hey, fans. Are you enjoying training with Casey? Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Casey Covert on YouTube. That is youtube.com forward slash C slash Casey Cover. Also give the podcast a like, share, and comment. Thanks for joining us. Come back for more news and views on animal training and living with animals. Stay at the top of the pack with Casey. This is Joseph Laughlin, producer of Training with Casey. See you next time.